Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro, along with the voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. We're here at the Novacare Complex. Just a few moments after the season-ending press conference, Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman, we want to go, we want to go through that press conference and uh, talk about some of the things that they said, as long as uh, you'll offer some of your reaction to it, Merrill. Uh, we really haven't spoken since Sunday. Um, devastating loss. Uh, great experience. Uh, takeaways from the game that you might have, Merrill. Tough game. Uh, I wasn't surprised that the game was one that went down to the final seconds because I thought it would be a very tight, even game. Uh, I mentioned to you last week that I thought the Eagles had to play their A game, and the one thing that I feared was the turnover. I felt that we looked back at Super Bowl 52. That changed on the turnover when Brandon Graham separated Tom Brady from the ball. And that's where the Eagles took control of that game. And I believe that Jalen Hurts had one of the most brilliant games that any quarterback in Super Bowl history has ever had. But the fumble turned out to be a key play, the scoop and score. And conversely, the the punt return that took them down to the four-yard line. That was a big, big mistake. No doubt. And the Eagles had to play an A game. They did not play an A game. The Chiefs played a very solid game. Masterclass in protection from Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes showing what a super, super, superstar quarterback is. Got rid of the football quickly. They ran the ball effectively. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs earned that Super Bowl. I just didn't think, Merrill, at halftime, 24-14, I just felt so good about things. You know, I felt good about it. I said, so far, so good. But I didn't feel comfortable. And I said to Mike Quick at the beginning of the third quarter, as the Eagles were set to kick off to the Chiefs, if the Eagles can stop them right here, they are in the driving seat, the driver's seat. And that didn't happen. The Eagles did not stop them. They went one, two, three, four, five, six, touchdown, and the game swung at that point. All right, let's get into this. We're getting into some of the questions here that Nick and Howie were asked just a few moments ago. First, Nick was asked about passing up the opportunity to go for it on fourth down twice during the game. Uh, Merrill, at the time, your thought on the Eagles late in the first half passing up the first uh, first opportunity and then late in the game from their, in their own territory passing it up? I think he was right in both situations. He had an opportunity to kick a field goal and expand the lead late in the first half, and he did it. And I would never, under the circumstances they were in, down at their own 32-yard line and down by one score, I would never at that point gone for it. There was much more to lose than to gain. All right, this is what Nick had to say when asked that question today. I know I've been uh, aggressive all year going for it. I really trust our guys in, in scenarios. I think fourth and three on your own 30, what was it? 33? Yeah, I think you get 32 out of 32 NFL coaches saying they punt that ball every time. 32 out of 32. Um, I, I don't, hey, if I had known they were going to return it to the four, in the in the in hindsight, I think I think I would and you know obviously I would have went for it there, um, but no regrets there on that. Um, that is not my thought process right there. And to be quite quite honest, with you, it, it depends on the score. But we were in a one point game, um, and like if we were down two scores, 
then of course um, you're going to go for it there in that scenario. But in a one point game, that's never even in. I, you know what? And until I was prepped for this question, because Bob does a really good job, as you guys know, um, I yeah, I never it didn't really even come come to my mind. Merrill, the Eagles' defense looked so good at times in the first half. Second half didn't get off the field. And um, uh, so Nick was asked about that. And it was interesting. I, I spoke to Jonathan Gannon during the week, and his key word was adaptability. And the Chiefs certainly made the, the changes needed to, to, get the, to get the offense going. Well, and they did it with the run game, which is not the M.O. that you expect from Andy Reid. He loves to throw, 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 and throw some more. But Pacheco and McKinnon had big runs. All right, let's hear what uh, Nick Sirianni had to say about the defense struggling in the second half. Um, you know, they, they did a good job, um, staying on the field. I think it was, a uh, the, the, the two halves, you saw one half where, you know, we can, we controlled the clock and they didn't convert on some third downs. And then you saw, you know, the opposite happened in the second half where they were converting and then they had some drives, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, I know it says that we had four possessions on offense in the second half, but one of them was a, was a one play jump ball. Right, and so I'm not really counting that to so to only have three possessions in that in that second half that's low, and I think you tribute that to they were able to run it um, and get their run game going um, more consistently, and and really converting on third downs. I think in the first half they were. I don't know if are they over four in the first half, maybe, um, and then they finished the game four for eight. So, you know, they did a good job on, on converting on on four on third downs. Pardon me, um, and then also, you know, I thought they they did a good nice job of, of running the ball there um, in those. So that's what I would contribute. Um, a kind of the swing of the halves was the, the situational football on third down, um, and also um, and also the the run game. Um, they were also asked during the press conference here about the punt return. We know it was a, it was the players were there in position to make the play. They did not make the play. Huge, well, and it's huge starting. Swing of and I, I I like Aaron Sippus very much, but this was his first game back, and that was not a good punt. It was a 38 yard line drive, and it put him into position to make that a uh, Tony to make that reverse of the field, and then there was a convoy down the right sideline. This is why adding to your roster is always important. Kadarius Tony discarded by the New York Giants. Yeah. Made a great catch on the punt and then in a magnificent return and really played a key role for the Chiefs all the way through. And, and scored a touchdown. Yep, yep. He did a really key player for the Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. Uh, Howie was asked about the field, Merrill, and he said both teams played on the field. I know the field was disgraceful. It was. It was. I watched the tape again after the game and saw guys like Hassan Reddick, who was such a prolific pass rusher all season with 16 sacks, I saw his legs slide out from under him. And it happened time and time again. The Eagles depend on the speed rushers. Also, the interesting thing is they adjusted Patrick Mahomes' drop in the second half. Instead of taking a seven-step drop, he went to a five-step drop, and he was getting the ball out even quicker. And they did it. They, and they moved the football up and down the field. In the second half, Nick was asked about the defense being beaten by motion in the game twice uh, in the red zone touchdowns for the Chiefs. Here is what Nick had to say about that. Obviously, you talk about everything that that happens out there with the attempts of, you know, if you see it again, you're ready for it. Right. That's both offensively and defensively. We were in a completely different coverage, a completely different look, different things were supposed to happen on each play. So. 
meaning there was a different defensive coverage on the first one, right? There was an execution. I'm not, I'm not, uh, there was an execution error on the first one, and, and I just want everybody to understand when I say execution error, right? Right. That is, you know, we didn't we we didn't do something correct on the field, but what that also means is we have to do a better job of coaching it, right? And so. It, it, we're all in this together, right? And, and it's never just one play, but it, we're all in this thing together. Like, okay, well, the, they didn't execute that well on the field, but we need to do a better job of making sure they can do it as, as coaches. The second one, they got us, all right? And, and you're like, well, how did they get us when they already did it? On We were in a completely different coverage, um, a pr- completely different uh, scheme that we were doing, Um you know, we were we were running to catch up with the motion, and then he fell back and, and ended up um, scoring on the play. But what also doesn't go into play either is that, you know, a lot of the times that we've adjusted with that motion, you know, and the way we've done that has helped us a lot in the red zone as well. Um, credit to them of finding a way to attack it. Again, it was two different coverages that they did. Uh, credit to them to going back to something that, that worked for them as well. Um, but – you know, that defense right there has, has helped us a lot this season, too, with how we've adjusted with the motion uh, on different things. So, listen, there's going to be things like you can't stop every play every time. You just can't. And But you guys got beat on it early in the year. Yeah, we've gotten beat on a lot of different things, right, throughout throughout the year. Like you give a little, you get a little, right? There's You're not going to be able to stop every every single thing. Again, you want to try to do it your best to, to do that, but – in that particular case, they got us on that second one, um, and you know, hats off to them. Merrill, the rest of the press conference was more about um, the next step. I would prefer talking about the next step rather than Super. I, I'm sure I'm done on the Super. I'm, we, we are all disappointed. Yeah, and it's over. It was a great season. No, it was a good season. Only great re- is reserved for Super no, Bowl winners. No, it was a great regular season. It's a great regular season. It was a great <laughs> NFC playoffs. Um, and overall, it was a, a, a tough end uh, to a very nice run. Let's talk about some of the things moving forward. This really involves the coordinators, the coaching staff, the players, including Jalen Hurts. So let's start with the defense. We don't know who the defensive coordinator will be. Nick Sirianni saying that the defensive scheme in large part are, will remain Similar to the principles that he believes in, let's hear from head coach Nick Sirianni on that. And Merrill, you can chime in after that. You know, there's core values that I have. Not core values. You know what my core values are. There's core thought processes that I have on defense. You know, and so there's going to be things that, yes, I do I like a lot of the things that we're doing on there? Yes, I do. You know, I, I, you think you're going to see that I really believe in, or you see, you know this, that I really believe in the turnover differential. I really believe in the explosive play differential. And so there's things of that nature that of that defense that I, that I like. And then there's going to be things situationally um, that are – non-negotiables I guess to say with me um, whether it's third and long whether it's um, you know tight red zone whether it's two minute and the, the game plays whether it's uh, four minute defense like backed up I'm gonna naturally have things that I'm going to require the next defensive coordinator to do but I also know that I'm hiring somebody to do their job um, to the best of their abilities and and that's that's I'm you know that's why I'm hiring them um, and so, again, do is every nobody. It's all going to look a little bit different. No matter if you bring 
you know, Jonathan's twin brother in, which he doesn't have in the first, but if you brought him in, it's still going to look a little different when that guy calls it as opposed to Coach, Coach Gannon. And, and so there's going to be little changes, little differences. But again, I guess my long way of answering that is I'm not opposed to changing. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 I'm, again, I'm going to do what's best for the Eagles. Um, we have great in-house candidates, right? Um, there's candidates outside that we know that there's a lot of good football coaches out there that we know there as well. Again, there's going to be core, not as much as the offense, Jeff, like where, you know, Shane leaves and it's, you know, I'm, I'm saying, here's what we're, here's what the offensive scheme that we're running, but there's going, you know, with the defenses, or hiring the guy to do his job, I do have core beliefs that I don't want to change, you know, intermixed with that. But he's still got to do the job and do his, to his best ability to do the job that we hire him to do, whoever that may be. Any thoughts on what you'd like to see from the defense, Merrill, moving forward? No, I think the defense was very, very high in most categories this entire season. <clears throat> I think you would like to see them throughout a little more proficient against the run. Okay. Generally, it hasn't been a huge issue, but there were times, and certainly in the Super Bowl, when the, the run defense was not there. I don't know if that's a scheme thing or a, or a personal thing. Or a thing. personal thing. And I think that they did a good thing during the season when they picked up Linville Joseph and, and Dominican Sudashore that up. Well, then we also understand that Jordan Davis will be a really huge part of that. Yes. Nick did talk about Jordan Davis uh, that is something he had to talk about in the first-round draft pick last year. Played well this year, was injured, never really got it back, though, after the injury. Here's what head coach Nick Sirianni said about Jordan Davis. You know, this year it was unique, but to I think to, to me at least, um, on that defensive line group, um, maybe not so much for Jordan, right? Because Jordan played at Georgia where they got deep defensive line group. We have a deep defensive line group, and even the conversations I've had with Milton and, um, and and Marlin, like like they were in a they were they played little less than probably what we what what people may think they should have in the sense of it, we had a lot of different guys playing on that and, and giving really good reps, and so um, that was a unique year. Um, we're we're gonna we understand that not every year could can be like that and that roles will change right and that's just not on the defensive line that's through everybody and we have so much confidence in Jordan that he's going to continue to uh, develop as a player he's going to take the reps that he's he's only going to continue to get better with the reps that he that he has he has unusual traits his unusual size unusual athletic ability have unusual play uh, play strength and um looking forward to him you know uh, having you know being able to get more and more reps. Uh, Merrill, the new offensive coordinator will call the plays. I find that interesting. Yep. Sounds a lot like Brian Johnson, quarterbacks coach, uh, is going to get very, very, very strong consideration. Yes, and, and that's been the feeling all along. And Nick talked about Brian Johnson. Here is what the head coach had to say about an offensive coach, a quarterback coach who's had a long-standing relationship with Jalen Hurts and has helped develop Jalen into the superstar quarterback that he is. Uh, Brian, you know, it, it starts with the relationships that we have with the players, and Brian stepped right in here and had a great relationship with our quarterback, dating back to when our quarterback was 
you know, however old he was, two years old. And so, um, the relationship means a lot and, and the, and the trust was automatically there, right? Some, sometimes you have to develop the trust. A lot of times you have to develop the trust. Um, but that was there. And then, you know, with, with that, Brian's, Brian's great with not just Jalen with everybody, right? He can, he can adapt and, 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 you know, just be able to connect with anybody on our roster, um, and that's offensively and defensively, and that's one thing that I think that Brian's special at. Um, and then, and then we're not even talking about the football knowledge that he has, and, and so Brian's excellent um, with Jalen as far as his development of fundamentals. I think you've heard me say this plenty of times. Like, uh, two coaches have to have two things, right? They have to be able, for, for position coaches first and foremost, have to be able to get their players better as players. They have to be able to take them a level here to, to a higher level that they can't reach them uh, without the coaching of that individual. And that, and that happens through fundamentals and um, being able to explain the plan, being able to explain the offense to, to make it easy for that, easier for that player to understand and uh, to execute. Brian does a great job of that. And then Brian's very, also very gifted in the sense of helping be able to scheme, you know, even though he wasn't the offensive coordinator um, last year, he still helps a great deal with our schemes and our and our a way we're attacking defenses all in the run game, in the pass game, in the protection world, um, in situationals. Um, so yeah, he's he's been a great great influence, obviously for for Jalen and and Jalen's done a nice job, obviously. Um, but it's a good relationship um, of those two guys, and because I, I do believe that's helped Jalen become a better player. How we talked about keeping Jalen Hurts, and really, Merrill comes down to we want to keep our best players. Um, so let's let hear from Howie first, and then we'll talk about Jalen and just signing players and keeping the best players. This is Howie Roseman, Eagles general manager. Yeah, I think um, obviously we want to keep our, our best players here for the long term, and um, he's certainly one of our best players. So um, that's some we'll, we'll keep all the contract talks internal, but. Um, and we definitely would like to keep Jalen Hurts here long term. Yeah, I think um, we have a good sense of what we need to do here. Um, we have a little bit of time here, too, to kind of figure it out and, and get away and discuss that. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the most important thing is keeping our, our best players here. And, um, you know, Jalen's uh, certainly one of our best players. Uh, Merrill, your thoughts? Uh, Eagles are obviously not going to be able to keep all of their players, no, no. and the big signing will be Jalen Hurts to his second contract, right. which will be a mega deal. And, and that's what makes me feel so good about this team, Dave, that when you can start with a, an elite, I use the word elite, an elite 24-year-old quarterback, that's amazing. That is a great place to start. And there's a lot of talent throughout this roster. This does not need a total refurbishment. It needs some players who are going to replace players that leave. It needs some bolstering in a few spots. But this is still going to be one of the favors going into next season. All right, so we've been around here long enough to remember the dawn of McNabb era. Does this moment remind you more of, let's say, 2001 Eagles ascending, make that first run to the NFC Championship game. In this case, the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. Or is it reminiscent at all of 2017? When you have a young quarterback, Carson Wentz, a new contract, that did not work out. But one of the keys to that season and that 2017 not working out in 18 is the fact that when Carson Wentz came back, he was not the same Carson Wentz. Remember, he had a, a torn ACL, a torn MCL, structural damage to the knee, and did not make the adjustments he had to make. You're getting a healthy 
Jalen Hurts back. You're getting a quarterback who is tremendously talented, tremendously receptive to coaching, and a guy whose ceiling hasn't yet been reached. He was brilliant this year. He should have been the MVP of the league. And yet, he even is going to continue to get better. At the end of the day, Merrill, do you think Carson Wentz's regression was has been primarily due to the injuries? I think it started with that, Dave. I think it started with that. And then I think there was a reluctance on his part to adjust his game. He was never physically the same quarterback. It is interesting. So, I, so then you agree more than this is a 2001 feeling where the Eagles are ascending and this is the beginning of a very successful era. You know, I, I do believe that. But I do believe that Jalen Hurts is further ahead at 24 than Donovan McNabb was. And I've heard Donovan McNabb say that he wishes he knew at 24 the things that Jalen Hurts knew. Interesting. Well, certainly keep the pieces around Jalen. The offense comes back largely intact. Free agent questions, Miles Sanders, Isaac Sayamalo. We don't know about that. We don't know if Jason Kelsey returns. We'll have a very big impact on what the Eagles do up front. But, but see, here's the other part of that. Uh, Jason Kelsey is a Hall of Famer. He's a great player. He's 35 years old, and I don't know where whether or not he's going to come back, and I don't know that he knows that right now. But because of last year's draft, it's not going to be a major problem because you have a player in Cam Jurgens who is ready to step in. He's a talent, and he's a guy who gained a lot of experience last preseason when uh, Jason Kelsey was getting an operation. Well, Howie talked about the offensive line. Final question of the press conference. Scenario planning for the O-line. It's always been a priority for the Eagles. That does not change, says the Eagles general manager. Just thinking about what Coach said, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, for us, offense line is always going to be a priority. You know, um, you've seen the way we build teams. It's really... Uh, it's not like we have some some secret sauce here. Everyone everyone knows the ingredients, and um, so for us, um, we're going to continue to go through our off season process. You know, um, I think for us during the, the season, um, we are we are doing everything for 2023 during the season. So this isn't like hey, you know, we're a month behind and we're starting from scratch. Like um, we've been working this, and you know, coach will come to my office on a. Wednesday, who you watch and tell me about this guy. So it's like we're not we're not like uh, starting from scratch here. Um, we're going to evaluate all the players. Um, we're going to make sure that um, we keep our priorities in in the right place here um, for this off season. And um, you know, uh, we got a scar. You know, we got a scar on us, and um, it's going to heal over time. And we're going to do everything we can, everything in our power, to make sure that. Um, you know, we bring the city, our, our players, our staff, what they deserve. Merrill, I think I want to play this cut from, from Nick Sirianni. Wisdom that he gained from playing in the Super Bowl. Eagles get to the mountain and don't get to plant the flag at the very top of the, uh, the summit. Let's hear from head coach Nick Sirianni on that. Uh, the wisdom is that I think it's we were there, we were close. And all that does to me is make me hungrier to, to get back. And, and, and that's about the last time you'll hear me say get back because what you're going to say, you're going to hear me say is what? And we're going to do it one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time, because that's the right mindset. But that doesn't affect, that doesn't stop you from when you, when you see the red and yellow confetti far or 
you have a piece of it stuck on your damn shirt, right? Uh, that you don't think to yourself, I, I got to do everything I can do to help our, our guys get back to this moment. Um, and so the wisdom that it is, is not as maybe that's not a wisdom thing. Maybe that's more of my drive. And I know our players drive and I know how he's drive to be like, Oh my God, we were there. All right. We talk about climbing the mountain. We were, we were, we climbed the mountain. We look one step at a time, one step at a time, one step at a time. Don't. And then we slip right before we were able to put our flag at the top of the mountain. Um, all that does is make you more determined, driven, uh, to to make that climb again, to get back to the top, and and hopefully, you know, put your put you know stand at the top, you know, um, like Rocky before he fought Drago and was yelling out Drago over over top of Moscow. I, I used to make Rocky uh, analogies. I get it, but that's all. That's the wisdom that that happens. And the other part of it, um, Tim, is this that you know half the fun of this thing, half the reason we do this, and you know, big, big part of the reason is the journey. So without getting sentimental here, like it's, it's, you know, that is the last time that that group of men will be together. Um, and so, you know, you know, you're going to, like how we said, you can't, not everybody, it's it's not going to be the same team. There's going to be draft picks. There's Jonathan's gone. Shane's gone. Um, different things are going to happen. Um, but, you look back, you always cherish that journey. It didn't end the way you wanted it to, but the journey was special. The men involved in the journey were special. Um, the relationships that were built will last forever. All in all, Merrill, um, you know, it, it, it is a process. We, we are down here, down at the very bottom of the mountain now. It feels like it's a long way away, and it is. Um, your thoughts on, on that? I, I thought it was interesting to hear Nick talk about getting back, and then he goes really quickly, hey, that's the last time you're going to hear me say that. From now on, it's going to be one day at a time. I, I like his philosophy. I like Nick Sirianni. I think he's an inspirational person. I think he's a bright young coach. The thing about it was he went head-to-head with a coach who had 22 more years' experience than he did and did quite well, took this thing to the nth degree. Maybe next year they do get back. You never know. You never know how it's going to turn. It's a very, very tough thing because you have, this is not going to be the same team next year. It's a team with two different coordinators. It's a team that is going to lose some very talented free agents because they have choices to make. Do you keep C.J. Gardner-Johnson or do you keep James Bradbury? It doesn't seem as if you can keep both. Does Javon Hargrave move on? And that's a big question. Yeah, there there are a lot of them. I think eight starters in all, if you include Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, T.J. Edwards, Kaiser White, uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, James Bradbury, Marcus Epps, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, eight very key players from the defense. And then, as we mentioned, Miles Sanders, Isaac Sayamalo from the offense, and others. And, and you have younger players who are going to come up, like Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis should be ready next year to play a key role in this as, as you would think, Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean also. As you would think, Cam Jurgens either at center or if, I guess, Kelsey comes back, you look for a guard position for for Cam Jurgens, who looked absolutely like he was on the path to 
being a really, really good player Miles, based on what we saw in the preseason. Yes, and, and Miles Sanders had a, an outstanding season of gaining almost 1,300 yards. But can you afford to keep him this year? It depends, I guess, on what the free agent market offers Miles. And, and how he talked about that in the sense of th- this is not a surprise to the football team. Losing Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, losing Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator, not surprising to the team. They are prepared for this. They've got a long list of internal candidates, external candidates. The interview process comes now. I I feel like it's going to get done before the combine, which begins, Merrill, unbelievably um, on March 1st. They'll be available in Indianapolis to speak to the media. So uh, it comes very, very quickly. Um, Your your thoughts, Merrill? I want to play one more thing. Let, on the, the season ends, the way it works here in the NFL, season ends, team gets back to Philadelphia on Monday. The next day, it's a very tough day cleaning out the lockers. Jalen Hurts had a few moments to speak to the media. And um, listen, this is what he had to say, talking to the media for six minutes about the season that was and about what's ahead for him and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think there's uh, definitely a lot to learn from from it. You know, um, I have had the opportunity to watch it, and, you know, I think I'm going to move forward um, with all of those experiences in mind and try and use those things to um, better myself and grow, help the guys around me, and we're going to definitely use that as as an experience to take a step and move forward. With the magnitude of that game, are you able to watch it like you would any other game, or is it a little tougher to do that? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think you're definitely able to. You have to look yourself in the mirror and assess it for what it is, you know, and um, do the things that need to be done to grow from it. So, you know, I think that's my mentality going on, and I think that'll be this whole entire team's mentality moving forward. There was a real sense that this was kind of the, the first chance for the world to see what you're all about as a player and a person. Uh, do you have any sense of that? Did you kind of feel that, and are you proud of that? From, from what aspect? Just, you know, I mean, Philly knew, you know, maybe hardcore football fans knew, but on that stage, the whole world sees what you're all about. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, um, I don't, you know, I don't know, um, I don't do it um, for the approval of, you know, anyone else. I appreciate everything that comes with it, but um, I'm not campaigning for, uh, not campaigning to be loved. I'm not campaigning to be hated. Um, I'm just trying to be the best player I can be uh, for this city, for for my teammates, um, my family, the people around me, and everyone that's been along this journey. John, now that you're um, you're eligible for a contract extension, um, where do things stand in that regard? With Eagles and have there been negotiations? I think the, the the thing that that I'm most focused on is winning. You know, the only thing I care about is winning, and ultimately winning championships. So. Um, there will be a day where that conversation can be had, but today isn't that day. Dan, what do you imagine the, for you the emotional climb will be to get back, you know, after such a tough experience? You know, I, um, you know, I, I call them formative experiences. I call them formative experiences. You know, they're all teachable moments, and you decide whether you want to learn from them or not. I, I really believe that. And that's something that I control. That's something that every individual in this organization controls and how we want to respond from it and to it. So it's definitely a so what, now what mentality. And, um, you know, there, there, there's, there's so much um, to be thankful for, so much to give gratitude towards. 
you know, and, you know, I think you talk about when you when you move forward, um, you move forward after times like this. And I know that I've experienced a number of a number of things in, in seven years, it seems like since my freshman year at Alabama, um, losing the national championship there. I mean, y'all know what it is. Um, I think when you try and reassess everything after the fact, I think you have to understand that it's a complete clean slate and you're starting from 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 ground run, ground one step one um you're starting from step one and I think when you start from step one um everyone has to be on that same page with that and you know I, I always say the 24-hour rule um it's a 24-hour rule it, it stings it stings um but I'm embracing everything that comes with it and I'm embracing the challenge ahead and you know, this this team will have that mentality moving forward. I'm going to have that mentality, and um, there's a true eagerness to move forward um, with the right intensity, the right focus, the, um, the right type of fortitude. That's a follow-up to we'll that, take a few that, more. That, that freshman year was a, a comfortable-type game where you led that drive, and then Sean Watson came down field and scored. How did you react in, I guess, the days, the weeks, the months after, after that? And is that helpful experience now? All of those experiences are helpful. All of those experiences are helpful. Helpful. Um, you know, I remember sitting there. Um, I remember sitting there, eighteen-year-old, uh, seventeen-year-old kid, eighteen-year-old kid, and saying, "My sophomore year starts tomorrow." And um, nothing changes now. Nothing changes now. Going into year four, um, hungrier than ever, I'm starving for more. And um, you know, I just want to, you know challenge myself to, to be the best quarterback leader man I can be for my teammates in the city and impact the people around me in the right way so um, maybe the next time around we can finish it off how we want to okay, this, this season, season, this season this will be the last one about you know, the importance of having continuity in the coaching staff with Shane leaving for Indianapolis how does that change things does it change things well you know when you're when you, when you it's, it's a good problem to have you know, I know I've I've spoken on that a lot, and it's been a huge reality for me. Um, I give a lot of credit for Coach Steichen, to Coach Steichen, for what he's been for me um, these last two years, the things that he's taught me, um, what he's been for. Yo, I'm getting tired. You're shaking there. Um, <laughs> for what he's been, for what he's been for me um, and his team, um, as a motivator, as a leader, as a as a as a coach, as an OC. I think he's been the world to us. So. Um, like I said, when you win, you want to give other people opportunities to chase their dreams, and that's something that he's been able to do, and I know he's going to do a great job in, in Indianapolis. Thanks, Jalen. Uh, Merrill, your, your thoughts on, on Jalen Hurts moving forward? I think he's amazing. I, I have been a, an advocate of Jalen Hurts since the first time I watched him at Alabama and then watched him in his senior season at Oklahoma. I think he is a gifted quarterback. I think he is already a top five quarterback. Last year, many questioned if he could be a franchise quarterback. And some said, well, he might be heading in that direction, but he's not a top 10 quarterback. Well, they were right. He's not a top 10 quarterback. He's a top five quarterback. He may even be a top three quarterback. Let me tell you, he is really special, not only as an athletic talent. He's got all the, the, 
talent you need in terms of his, his legs, his arm, but he also has the mind. And he's a great leader, and he's bright, and he's mature, and he's dedicated. He's, his profession is football. His hobby is football. His life is football. He is exactly what you want to lead this team forward. And with that, Merrill, I thank you for spending some time with me today. And what a great season we've had. And, great. Um, I look forward to, to many, many more. And let's, get our, let's catch our breath here in the next couple of days and, and come back strong for 2023. Can't wait. Merrill Reese, the great Merrill Reese, joining me here. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode and for all of the episodes throughout this season. Peter Kelly, Kira Mahoney, thanks for putting it all together. As always, amazing job that you do. Ray Doyle, thank you so much for the work that you've put into the Eagles Insider Podcast. We are so proud of this product and so proud that we get such great feedback from the fans. And the Eagles Media Relations Department, I can't even thank you enough for all the time that you are giving us with the players and the coaches. So thank you all. Everyone, thanks so much for joining. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. Don't give up. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S-E!